Welcome back. You are listening to Nathy Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to like the video and subscribe if you haven't already. And ring the notification bell in the upper right-hand corner so you're notified each time a brand new episode goes live. And today's episode is dedicated to Calvin Atkinson and Shamsa, both of whom generously donated $100 to support the channel. And if you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount. Ask a question. We will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more, and we will dedicate the episode to you. And with that, I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer, because it has been an exciting day for you. It has night. The fog has finally lifted after (laughs) many, many years of me not believing that there was anything Silent Hill related. Here we are. And uh, I, I'm here to say that it takes, uh, takes courage and a strong-willed individual to admit that they were wrong and take an L. And uh, I'm, I'm going to take the L, Nate, because you were right the whole time, even though it took three years. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We are finally here. The fog has lifted and Silent Hill is back. It is back and it is back in, I'll say, a big way. Would you, call it, a little... would you call it a blowout? Was this a blowout? Yes. I would say it's a I blowout. would call this a Silent Hill blowout. Contrary to the Zelda blowout from <laughs> September, this one actually showed up. A little foggy at times, but ultimately there was a clearing And we did see games, movies, merchandise. So there was a lot of Silent Hill here, exactly as Konami marketed it. And I know a lot of people, I did a poll on the channel. We had nearly 2,000 votes polled. And there were people in the comments saying, watch it be a pachinko machine. I hope it's not just another skateboard deck. I hope it's not Silent Hill (laughs) jeans. And 60% of the poll had voted that... MVG was right. There is no Silent Hill. <laughs> That's funny. And <laughs> I mean, so. it, it really is. It's I mean, it's all about Konami. You know, for many, many years, Konami has let us down time and time again. So many people have just lost faith that Konami will mm-hmm. even get back into making games again and get back into the video game space. We've heard about their, you know, their exploits when it comes to pachinko machines and gambling and and slot machines and all that stuff. And we, there's all these memes around Metal Gear Solid pachinkos and Silent Hill pachinkos. And no one really felt like Konami was, was serious about getting back into video games, but to give them credit. And I know we're going to talk about this, but to give them credit, they have really seemed like they've made a, big push to get back I don't want to say back to the glory days of Konami where they were just making quality games but they are definitely making inroads to you know give give the fans uh, of older older games and older franchises what they want you know Konami has oh. a very rich history and they are sitting on some very large IP that many of us would love to see them dabble with again and I'm happy that Silent Hill's back, you know, um, happy to take the L on this one. I know there's been so much back and forth and me making troll Twitter <laughs> posts. And to be honest, I didn't think this was happening. You know, I I felt like another year would pass and we wouldn't hear about Silent Hill again, especially after the last Sony event. There was nothing. And then... All of a sudden, we get that announcement on Sunday that there is a transmission, and uh, yeah, here we are. Silent Hill's back, so I'm I'm happy to see it. And you bring up a good point, and I think it's where we can start this episode on is Konami's resurgence as a video game publisher, and this has been slowly taking form since I want to say about a little over a year ago. Yeah, And that's when we saw Konami return with the Castlevania Advanced Collection. But even the year prior to that, we had the Contra Collection. And we also had the older Castlevania Collections. And those kind of went under the radar. 
for most people. They, was, they just kind of viewed them as nice retro collection releases. Nothing right. too ambitious. Nothing that really indicated that Konami was really investing back into the video game sector. But now all of a sudden you look at this year and we have the Kawabunga collection. Mm-hmm. And what happens a month later, uh, two months later, Silent Hill, yep, a huge Silent Hill event where they put out a roadmap of tons of Silent Hill projects that are in development. And further down the line, whether or not the project is announced this year as it had been originally planned is a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3. And there are also external rumors that they may be remastering Metal Gear Solid 1 through, I believe, maybe up to four. I'm not sure what the exact rumors suggest in terms of titles getting the remaster out of these projects. The only one that I have personally heard about is the remake of Metal Gear Solid 3. Mm -hmm. And I have no reason to mistrust that information. It comes from the same source that told me about Silent Hill 2 remake from Bloober Team, as well as the Annapurna game. So I believe this information to be accurate. Now it's just a question of, Will it be announced this year or is it going to be a little later? But that is something to look forward to. But when you look at that timeline of events, it's clear that Konami now recognizes the value in their IPs. And to bring Silent Hill back, then to go to Metal Gear Solid, there's also the rumors that they have a brand new Castlevania game in development. They're recognizing the gold mine that they're sitting on with these IPs and it's only a matter of time before they ramp up and start to deliver these games, maybe, you know, one or two a year. And they may not hit the highs that they achieved during the PS1 and PS2 era, but they are ramping up to something we have not seen from the company in well over a decade. And for old time gamers like ourselves, this is that was the golden age of gaming when Konami could compete with Capcom and deliver legendary experiences with Castlevania, Silent Hill, Metal Gear Solid, Contra, so many recognizable and iconic IPs that really helped shape the industry could potentially be coming back. So for any gamer who is, let's say, north of 30, this is an exciting time to see Konami potentially becoming a serious player again in this industry. Yeah. One game that you didn't mention that I think we should talk about real quick that was a part of that resurgence. It's probably one of the earlier ones was um, Momotaro Densetsu that came out in Japan that actually sold a lot of units. And I think Konami must have felt a lot of, you know, they must have responded well to seeing the sales of that game do so well for them. And just that resurgence that they're, they're, you know, we're slowly starting to see from them. And you're right. You know, the biggest rival has always been Capcom and they're seeing the success of resident evil and the roadmap of those games, what that looks like. And it's only fair that they feel like they should be a part of that. And they should take some of that because silent Hill is, is a great franchise that that deserves to to come back. And I think in general, and I know we're going to talk about the games that we've seen, in general, I like what I'm seeing overall. I think they're on the right path to, uh, to some really good stuff here. And one of the earlier games that I had forgotten about that really showed that Konami was looking to investigate in gaming would be Super, Bomber, Super Bomberman R, which was a Switch launch game. And sold exceptionally well. Yep. And they did a lot of free DLC where you had Pyramid Head. Yeah. You also had some characters from Castlevania make an appearance. So it almost feels as though Konami's been playing the long game where they were planning some of these resurrections of their old franchises and kind of implying in subtle ways to gamers of, we know, we're listening. It just takes time to make these projects become a reality. But... We know what you want. Just be patient. It may take five, six, seven years, but we will get there. And today was a big step for Konami to take in becoming their former selves. 
And in the Silent Hill transmission, we had numerous game announcements where we had Silent Hill 2 remake. We had a mysterious game known as Silent Hill F, Silent Hill Townfall. We also had Silent Hill Ascension. And then we had the movie title Return to Silent Hill and a whole lot of merchandise, including the Shibu Inu dog from one of the Silent Hill endings where <laughs> you discover that the dog is just screwing with you. And it's a very comical ending. I love that ending. But we'll start with Silent Hill Townfall. Now, this is going to be developed by No Code. They are the developers behind Stories Untold and Observation, two very well-received, well-made horror games. Likely, many listeners have never heard of this developer, nor these games, but you can find these games on Steam, and definitely consider giving them a look if you enjoy this genre. And the publisher is going to be Annapurna. Now, they almost always have an appearance at a Sony showcase or Sony state of play. They have published numerous indie games, including Sayonara Wild Hearts. And this was one of the first games announced during the presentation. And all we got was really a teaser trailer. We didn't see any gameplay. We really don't even know the premise of the game beyond the developers attached to the project. Yeah. It looks, looks intriguing. looks interesting. Um, but you're right. We didn't really get much beyond a teaser trailer. So it's really hard to pinpoint, you know, what this game is going to look like when we see more of it. But, you know, uh, I, I liked I liked the vibe of the game. It was cool. And I definitely want to see more of it. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The way <laughs> the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Yeah, right now a lot of the promise for Townfall is because of the developers attached to the project. Right. They have given interviews in the past before this was officially announced that they were attached to a project that they were deeply passionate about, something that they have dreamed to work on. So this is that gives you confidence yep. that they are living their dream and they're going to deliver the goods on whatever this mysterious spin-off Silent Hill could be. And you know, if you look at the back catalog of Silent Hill spin-offs. It's not exactly a library of quality. No. You have Silent Hill Origins, which wasn't terrible. You have the Silent Hill game from way forward for the, I believe it was the PlayStation Is it Vita. Book of Shadows, Book of Memories, something like that. Yes, something like that. It was hey. kind of like a Diablo clone. Shout out to my friends at Way Forward. They do great work over there. They do do great work. It just. <laughs> wasn't their best effort. <laughs> but this time, it feels as though they picked a very strong development team that has experience with this genre type, and they have proven themselves yeah. to be capable. And, you know, the teaser trailer was really just a handheld TV and, you know, little else. And I do wish they would have given us at least some semblance of a year of release, even if it was just 2025, give us an idea of when we could potentially see this game come to platforms, which ironically is also something they omitted. They did not announce platforms for the game. Right. But we were really left with just a empty announcement in the end when it comes to Townfall. Yeah. Tells me that's probably 12 to 18 months out mm -hmm. from release. At minimum. Yeah. We may see something next Halloween. Unlikely, though, I would say one of the other games 
will be featured next year. We'll talk about that. But Townfall looks good. I want to see more of it, and I'm sure we will. But, yeah, it'd be nice to get more info on that on that game and, and kind of hone in on what the game is and what platforms it's coming out for and, and, and everything. If I was to guess, I'd say probably everywhere. Um, but maybe Sony will have some exclusivity deal. Uh, but maybe they won't. It'll, it'll just remain to be seen on what that looks like. Mm-hmm. The next big Silent Hill announcement in terms of a game was Silent Hill F. Now, this is going to be developed by Neobards. They have done some outsourcing work on titles like Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 Remake, Onimusha, Reverse. So they're not exactly a name you would assign to a big project in your mind. They're not really renowned for anything too you know, epic. And this, again, had a teaser trailer. The story is that it takes place in 1960s Japan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the trailer is airy. We see a character that is blossoming with flowers and a lot of floral life. And then when the character looks at the screen, her face falls off. (laughs) Very disturbing, especially when it was paired with the music. I love the aesthetic that this project appears to have. But we, again, we don't have a release date. We don't have platforms announced. We had nothing beyond this teaser trailer, which did show a very ominous, creepy atmosphere. But I want to know what exactly is the game? What is the direction it's going with? And I guess you would say the excitement for the game comes from the writer attached to the project, which I know I'm going to pronounce it wrong, so I apologize. I believe it is Rakishi07, and they are renowned in Japan for visual novels Mm -hmm. where they focus a lot on murder mysteries and psychological and supernatural horror, which that's just the perfect pairing when it comes to a silent hill project. But I want I want to see what this game is going to be. Yeah. There's been some speculation that perhaps the game is a visual novel given Rikishi's involvement and due to their history of making graphic novels. I don't believe there's been any confirmation that this is a visual novel. So for now I'm going to operate under the conditions that this is a normal game. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking it's going to be as well. But, of course, we don't know. It could well well be a visual novel style of game or potentially a Life is, life is Strange or um, something along those lines, right? But I don't know. Like, for me, this was their one more thing moment in the uh, presentation. And I'm going to say that Silent Hill F, the F stands for five. I think this is just a full game the next iteration in the Silent Hill series. But to your point, Nate, we didn't really get to see that much. We saw the trailer was awesome. The tease was was really, really awesome. Very creepy, very eerie. But yeah, it kind of gave me shades of something like Ghostwire Tokyo when that was first revealed. There was a, you know, psychological, supernatural type of tease and we wanted to know more about what that game was. And, you know, I think it's so early to really figure out what this game is. But based on what they showed us, who's working on this game, it's exciting. Neobards Entertainment, they're a good studio. And I'm going to go in thinking this is Silent Hill 5. But, yeah, it could be anything at the end of the day. But I'm excited for it. I, I think... um like, I mean, if there's any criticism that I can give to what we've seen at the the transmission is we only saw trailers across the board. We didn't really see anything beyond that. And that, while is not a bad thing, I just wanted to see more of this game. And I feel like out of all the games that, that they showed us, Nate, this one is probably the furthest one out from release. It's probably, honestly, it's probably 2025 before we see this game come out. I mean, that's definitely a possibility. And, you know, like, as you were mentioning, 
It does feel as though it's similar to, you know, like Capcom's Pragmata. Mm-hmm. We saw an intriguing concept. We just don't know more anything beyond that. We saw the tone of the game. We saw the setting with the 60s. We saw some creepy dolls, airy music, the weird flower girl at the end, and then saw the name of the project. And again, this is one of those projects where had you just put at the end of the screen 2025, 2024, to give us a general idea of when to anticipate this game coming to market so we can kind of set expectations as to when we would potentially see it again. That would have really helped the tone and flow of the presentation in its entirety. Because yeah. now we're just left of, well, could these reappear at the next Sony State of Play? Could they be at Sony's next showcase, the Game Awards, E3 next year? When are we going to see these games discussed and shown again? And now it feels as though we could potentially fall into that loop where every single time there's a Sony event, or every time there's like an industry event, there's going to be the expectation that Konami is going to be there with a new trailer for Silent Hill F or any of the games that were announced today. And that's exactly the loop we got stuck in of, oh, a Silent Hill, Silent Hill is being made. And every time there was a state of play, every time there was a showcase, there was that expectation Silent Hill would be there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, it never was until this past week. And from a marketing standpoint, you know, that's not something you really want to deal with of fans getting frustrated that your game wasn't there, even though you never said it would be. Right. It just it just sets that loop into motion. So hopefully Konami is a bit more transparent with some of these plans in the coming weeks. And like I'm not asking for much here. Just give me a date, even if it's years away, just so I know not to look forward to additional information in the you know, the immediate future. Mm -hmm. But the big game was Silent Hill 2 Remake coming from Bloober Team, renowned developers for the medium. And we all know how that went. (laughs) And (laughs) wow. A lot of people have... Well, they've let their feelings be known about this game well before it was actually even formally announced. But yes, Silent Hill 2 Remake has been officially announced, developed by Bloober Team. It is a one-year timed exclusive for PlayStation 5 and PC. It will come to other platforms once the deal expires. And here we are. When the information that Bloober Team was involved with Silent Hill came out earlier this year, I had reported it back in May. You did, and I... I shut I shut it down. You did. You said Silent Hill isn't real. Disregarded it, called it fake. <laughs> Five months later. <laughs> but a lot of people said, no, keep Bloober Team away. I don't want Bloober Team anywhere close to Silent Hill 2. This rumor has to be fake. This is a terrible decision. But it, it's real. Yeah. Bloober Team is involved. And this... We actually got a substantial trailer for Silent Hill 2 Remake, where we got about three minutes worth of CG footage, we'll call it. It was cinematic. It wasn't in-game. No. But it was meaningful. We got to see the atmosphere and tone that they're going to go with for Silent Hill 2, so we could kind of make the comparisons in our head to the original game and the vision that they have here for this new release. So we already have an idea of where this game is going. But what were your initial thoughts and reactions when you saw Bloober's take on Silent Hill 2? So I watched the trailer about three times. Because the first time I watched it, I was very, very impressed with what I saw. Very, very impressed. I think it, it immediately kind of grabbed me and said, oh, you're a Silent Hill 2 guy? Then check this out. And I really liked it. I went back and watched it a couple more times since then. And I got to say, Nate, I think this is pretty good. It's not perfect. There's definitely some things that I I uh, would like them to improve on. But overall, 
I really liked what I saw. And as someone who loves Silent Hill 2, I played every Halloween. So I know that game inside and out. Based on what I what what they showed us, it looks like a very faithful remake to the original. And that makes me happy. There is some parts of the game where I felt like James's face was a little weird, but I'm I'm kind of I kind of like the the model that they're using for him, and I definitely like the voice actors they're using for this game as well. So yeah, um, I think I think it was better than what I thought it would be. I wasn't really expecting too much, especially when you mentioned Blooper Team. You kind of have to go into this <laughs> thinking this might be a just might not be very good, you know. Uh, but I I kind of got the feeling like it was, I don't want to say it was up there with the Resident Evil 2 remake in terms of the first time Capcom showed us that, but it was definitely close to that, I will say. I did like the trailer. They showed us a lot of the game, different scenes in the game as well, and everything I instantly recognized, which was really cool. But... I think it loses points because, again, they didn't show us any gameplay. Everything was just a, a, a cutscene or a, a, you know, a CGI trailer. I do wish they would have shown us more of this game, even just a couple of uh, small cuts of, of combat, or um, you know, just maybe uh, just running around, you know, in engine would have been really nice. But no, I was I was impressed, Nate. Um, better than what I thought, and. I think if Bloopers does uh, does all the right moves, and look, they're, they're going to be under the direction of Konami here. They've got, obviously, their team that's advising on this on this game. I think this is in good hands. And, you know, I say that a little tentatively because it is Bloober, but I'm happy. You know, I think um, I think most, most fans of Silent Hill 2 probably would have walked away feeling like, yeah, this is uh, this is pretty good. I mean, the reaction I've seen online so far seems to be mixed. Some are looking at the face of James and they're saying, well, they ruined the character model. But if you watch the transmission, the face of James is pretty much identical to the actor yeah. playing James. So that is an intentional change I didn't, from the I didn't, original game. I didn't think... Uh, the model was was bad. I, I actually quite liked it. Mm. And I mean, I get the hesitation when it comes to Bloober due to their history. But as they had reiterated time and time again in the transmission, they are working closely with the original creators. And that includes Masahiro Ito. Yep. And they're looking to keep intact what made Silent Hill to Silent Hill 2. Will some of it be, you know, their modern take on what the game was? Yes, but they've also said they're not looking to really change the game in any meaningful way. There will be some changes here and there. Like they said, they're rebuilding the combat system and they're also going to rebuild certain set pieces. Yeah. But ultimately, they're not looking to remake Silent Hill 2 like Square Enix remade Final Fantasy 7. Right. They're looking to take Silent Hill 2, bring it to modern hardware, modernize it, and make it more playable for the current gaming landscape. And yes, yeah, some things are going to be altered in, you know, I'm not going to say dramatic ways, but they're going to be altered to some extent. But as you mentioned, it's going to be under the supervision and approval of the original creators and Konami. So if Silent Hill 2 Remake ends up being a disaster, you know, this is a worst case scenario, then it would have been, it would have happened under the guidance and approval of Konami. Yeah. It's not going to be a bloober error. It would be Konami's fault that they said, yeah, do that. Yeah. So I'm going in very optimistic that this is going to deliver. This is going to be a quality release. And everything from the transmission presentation. My takeaway is that Konami really wants to make Silent Hill popular again. They see value in this IP and they know it starts with Silent Hill 2. 
they know this remake is going to set the tone for all the projects in the pipeline. Yeah. It has to hit. Now, people can debate for years to come whether or not Bloober team was the correct team to choose. But if they made a pitch that Konami loved and Konami likes their technology, the development team and all that from the outside, who are we to question, you know, the development team at Konami and what they saw when they said, let's do this, let's partner up, let's make this project a reality. And the thing with Bloober is most people, when there's critique thrown at them, it's usually from a narrative standpoint where they don't tell a good story or they're just downright irresponsible with their storytelling. And maybe some of their games lacked in the fear department where they just didn't deliver on that front. Right. But their technology, their visuals, their core gameplay in systems have generally been praised. And when we look at the footage of Silent Hill 2 remake, yeah, it's CG, but you still get the sense and tone and direction that they're going to take this project in. And the atmosphere was there. Yeah. They nailed that. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, I mean, you said so many things there that I just agree with, especially the bit about Silent Hill 2. Everything starts with that game. And you're right. If, if, if Silent Hill, if, if Silent Hill's revival is to be successful, then it starts with this game. This game has to be good. Mm-hmm. And I think based on the trailer, again, we only see, we only saw two minutes of a CGI trailer uh, I like the atmosphere. I think they've nailed the atmosphere of the game. I can sense the tension in the game again, especially some of the scenes um, in the you know in the hotel and that psychological fear that you know you have playing that game. And of course, we didn't even mention it yet, but Pyramid Head looks freaking amazing. Like I love <laughs> that scene with Pyramid Head in the game as well. Mm-hmm. So. And I just wish we just saw some gameplay. That's my only critique, but um, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy with, with what we've seen. Yeah, I would have loved to have a, even if it was just a brief gameplay demonstration where we could see the improved combat system that they said they rebuilt. Yeah. Let me see how you've done it so we can walk away saying that's a step in the right direction. Or let me see James walking around some of the environments maybe show us some of the enemies in an in-game scenario because right now, based on what we just seen from the CG trailer, you know, it looks great. The tone is there. The atmosphere is there. The feeling of unease is there, but I want to see how I'm going, how it's going to look when I'm playing. We know it's on unreal engine five, very advanced engine and bloober team has come out and said, there will be no load times in this game. Your entire experience, you will not see a single load screen. Yeah. Which that's, is cool. That's that's cool, especially for a horror game. Right. There's going to be no reprieve. Yeah. And, you know, that's promising. I just want to see them deliver upon these promises. And I feel as though this should have been the time. You had this big, expensive event. And we saw no gameplay from any of these new game announcements. And again, Silent Hill 2 was omitted a release date. It was at least given platforms with the PC and PlayStation 5, but we don't know when it's coming out. And this seemed like the game that would have been an easy 2023 at the end of the trailer. You think so? Um, I don't know if it was intentional that Konami didn't commit to anything. And look, I mean, it was it the right thing to do? I don't know. But like, you know, some of us feel like they should have given us a date. And I think they should have. But I also think that this was more of a this transmission was more of a more of a a statement to fans to say hey we haven't forgotten about you guys silent hill is back and these are all the things that we've been working on we're not quite Mm -hmm. ready to share with you when these games are coming out but you know you guys have been talking about silent hill on twitter for years now and we're here to basically tell you that we're working on stuff and we'll have more to share whenever that will be. I mm-hmm. think I think that Silent Hill 2 is probably going to be scheduled for next Halloween time frame, so 2023. But to your point, there was no 
there was no date, there was no year attached to any of it. So it could well easily be beyond that or even even earlier than that. I don't know, but I'm oh, hoping man. that this game is is far along in development and it does come out next year um, for the Halloween season. Yeah, I think out of all the games announced today, I would say in order of release, it's likely Silent Hill 2 Remake, Silent Hill Townfall, yeah, and then Silent Hill F yeah. would be the order. And I could see that being in you know, year to year. So Silent Hill 2 Remake for 2023 and then F being 2025. Yep. So that means for the next three years, we have a major or meaningful Silent Hill release within the calendar year. And yeah. that's a good way to get back into things if you're Konami, having a yearly release. Now, there was the demo, the PT demo. Is that something you think we'll see at some some point in the future or do you think basically what they've shown us is pretty much what they're doing for the next like five years well the demo was kind of a standalone thing yeah where you weren't going to know what you were playing the silent hill short memories demo yeah where you'd be playing it it was just kind of be well what is this and then once you got to the conclusion it would have led into i'm not sure if it was supposed to be silent hill f Mm -hmm. but i would assume that given yeah kind of the feel i mean it could have also just been like a demo that leads to a teaser of silent hill 2 it depends on how that marketing plan was supposed to go but given that they didn't mention anything about that demo here it would lead me to believe that maybe it's more closely linked to silent hill f and given that that game is still potentially two to three years out there's no reason to drop the demo now. And I've also seen some speculation online from everyone's good friend, Lance, Mm -hmm. that there is a very realistic possibility that the demo has been canceled because the majority of the content from the demo leaked early. So they may not see any value in releasing that demo anymore. Mm, Interesting. But it, it was rated. So that is something to keep, in mind that maybe this is a demo that just comes out further down the line, but it was definitely an interesting omission from today that that demo wasn't made available upon completion of the presentation, just to give people, you know, a little sampling of silent Hill again, because right now we were shown a a menu of silent Hill games. None of them have a release window. One has a platform. Yep. And we are now informed as far as the projects in the pipeline for the Silent Hill franchise, but we are left without road markers as to when are these projects coming out. So though we now know Silent Hill is real, despite your objections, (laughs) we're really not that more well-informed as far as when. Right. But but the good news is, we can stop <laughs> talking about this now. Yes, the rumors finally come to a the, complete The rumors halt. have come to a complete halt. Silent Hill is here. Konami's working <laughs> on it. The only thing we're waiting for now is Goldeneye. And then we've wiped oh the slate clean. <laughs> Goldeneye is a topic for a different day. That's true. That's true. But I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that, honestly, Nate, I'm just happy that this has been announced now. It's real. It's a thing. We don't have to speculate about Silent Hill rumors anymore. I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll hear more about these games as right. time progresses. I am hopeful that we'll see Silent Hill 2 next year. I'd, I mean, I'd love to play what they showed us. And look, yes, Bloober Team gets a bad rap. And look, a lot of it is self-inflicted, let's be honest. However, this is probably their biggest budget that they have to work with. And this is not a story that they're, they're writing. Like you said, they're working under the supervision and direction of Konami. Mm -hmm. So ultimately I think, I think this is going to be their best game by a long mile. They may end up being, and I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, but they may end up being really good at this stuff where they are good at remaking games that doesn't require 
them to sit down and figure out story elements and stuff like that mm-hmm. and turn into another, you know, blue point and, and the studio like that. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but <laughs> if they do a good job with Silent Hill 2 remake and it is well received and sells well, then you would think that they, they're they probably going to pitch for Silent Hill 3 and maybe the room um, at a later state. And hopefully all that stuff happens because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm quietly optimistic that this will be a good game, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see when that, when that comes out. Yeah. I would imagine now the new flux of rumors that involve Silent Hill will be release dates yes. for some of these projects. And that will be a discussion point for the foreseeable future until Konami comes out and gives a release date for at least Silent Hill to remake. But for now, we no longer have to have the speculation and weekly questions and comments of where Silent Hill. It's not real. You lied about it. It's real. It's here. You can see it. As for when we'll play it, hopefully Konami gives us an answer soon with E3 coming back next year. I would imagine Konami will have a presence there and we'll get an E3 demo for whichever Silent Hill is coming out first. Mm-hmm. Ideally, it is Silent Hill 2 remake and you know, sooner that we have this game in our hands, the better. It is one of the best PlayStation 2 and original Xbox games. If you want to replay it, it will cost you handsomely. At least if you want to play it on the original hardware, you can probably still get the HD version for relatively cheap, but that version is kind of bastardized. Yeah. So I wouldn't recommend that version of Silent Hill 2, but if you have no other options, mm-hmm. I guess you could always consider it though i would recommend against it i would as well but yeah i'd say overall the silent hill transmission was a victory for konami i think where it was lackluster is that the presentation itself didn't actually air as a live presentation it was just a 40 minute video that you could (laughs) fast forward through so it should have been set as a premiere and aired similar to a nintendo direct or a quote unquote live stream that wasn't live i got, I got the feeling konami didn't really know how to work youtube very well <laughs> it's been a while it should have just been a premiere mm. and you know the other critique against the presentation was just the lack of release windows for these projects as well as platforms and just wish we had some gameplay with silent hill remake part two and you know otherwise I think this was very promising for Konami. It's showing that they are once again investing heavily in the video game market. And as we mentioned at the start of the episode, now it's just a matter of time before Konami announces their intentions with Metal Gear Solid, of which will include a Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. And as others have reported, there is the possibility of a remaster release of at least Metal Gear Solid one, two, and three. I am unsure if four is part of those rumors because, again, I personally have only heard of the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. But definitely a promising time for Konami fans and exciting time at the company to see what they have next. What's your letter grade? I was, th- I was thinking C plus B minus only because it really should have been a live, quote unquote, live video. And we needed some release dates and a little more, a deeper look at some of the games. That's where I'm thinking of a B minus. And if this were another company, it'd probably be a much lower grade. But because it's Konami, you go in with no expectation. (laughs) And the fact that they delivered, you're going to be a little more lenient on them. So, yeah, I come in with a B minus. I'm going to say B plus. Silent Hill 2 was really good for me. And Silent Hill F was intriguing. Obviously... It doesn't hit an A in any shape or form because we didn't see anything <laughs> beyond cutscenes. And you're right. I mm-hmm. wish it was more of a traditional presentation. But I liked what I saw. And I think, you know, I think most Silent Hill fans are excited for the future. Absolutely. I think any Silent Hill fans looking at this and they walked away with at least one release or one upcoming project, be it F. Townfall or the remake and saying, you know, I'm excited to see more of that project. So even if you only got one out of three, at least you got more than zero, which has been the 
trend for Silent Hill for the better part of a decade now. That's true. So you're going to get a W when you can get the W. Now we can go into some of the Streamlabs questions for this week. And our first Streamlab comes from Serial, who donated a dollar and writes, Hi, Nate and MVG. I really like your content. I was wondering... Do you think with a new Switch iteration, we also get faster loading times? This is something that's bothering me the most at times. Even before bad performance, some games just take way too long. Yes, we will. <laughs> How's that for an answer? No, we, there we, you have we're, it. we're definitely going to get faster loading times. And the reason why is because I'm assuming we'll have faster processing which means by just by default, uh, things will load faster. But I also think that Nintendo is very much aware of loading speeds on the current iteration of the Switch. And it's something they're probably going to take a look at to make faster. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say yes. I think that's a safe bet. Yeah, I'd say they'd be faster. I wouldn't go as far as saying, you know, substantially faster nothing no, that's going to no. rival yeah. ps5 or xbox series x but faster than yeah the current switch offers yeah. so maybe if a game is 30 seconds now maybe a similar release would be 15 seconds right but an improvement then had a three dollar donation from deku delight All right hi guys i wonder what the dk game by the odyssey devs could be what do you think about this idea that it is actually a new Mario game based on the movie? Donkey Kong could be playable, which perhaps led to false conclusions regarding the leak. Thank you, smiley face. Uh, to my understanding, a Donkey Kong game is in development at Nintendo Tokyo, and it is a Donkey Kong game. It doesn't seem to have any miscommunications between like Donkey Kong being featured in a Mario game. It is a Donkey Kong game. Um, but I mean, if we entertained your idea as a potential reality, I mean, I think a lot of people are anticipating a Mario game to come out or release at least in the same calendar year as the movie, a game based on the movie itself. Unlikely. Not, yeah. I guess I'd say that's unlikely, but Hey, it would definitely be a surprise. Then had a dollar donation from Jackie G. Who writes, Nintendo love their big March releases. Do you think they have one up their sleeves for 2023? Or do you suspect we would already know it if that were the case? Never assume you know anything when it comes to Nintendo and their scheduling. That's very true. Like we're saying this in October, Nintendo isn't shy about announcing a game in January for a March release. Yeah, they could drop Metroid in March. Who knows? They could still announce a Mario game and come out in March. Yep. But yeah, right now Nintendo could still easily slide in a meaningful release if they want to. It's just a question of does Nintendo want to right now for 2023? We already have Fire Emblem engaged. To start the year off, we have Breath of the Wild to kind of cap off this first half of the year. We know they're going to fill out some of those other months, but we also have the Kirby release in February. We know there's going to be additional games coming out between January and June. So Goldeneye. it's just a matter of when Nintendo decides to announce them. Goldeneye? <laughs> That's for a different time. <laughs> Today's about Silent Hill, not Goldeneye. <laughs> game will get its time <laughs> then had a three dollar donation from south coast horizon writes what exactly is kojima working on and why the hell should i care oh that's not to offend metal gear solid fans but why is kojima as a game director such a big deal in the industry well okay damn you can answer the second part but I, I'm so glad, Nate. I'm so glad we can finally put together a put. Sorry, we can finally put to bed these ridiculous rumors that Kojima is working on Silent Hill with Konami. True. 
That's a good point. Oh, my God. I think out of everything that I've seen and heard over the last few years, that is the most ridiculous one that, that that's come up before. That's true. That one can finally be put to bed. Yes. Um, as for what Kojima is working on, Hideo Kojima is busy on two projects, Death Stranding 2 and Overdose for the Xbox. Um, as to why you should care, did you like Death Stranding 1? If you enjoy that game, plenty of reason to be looking forward to Death Stranding 2. And if you just like the style of Kojima games, Overdose, though we know very little about it, could certainly be of intrigue. Um, why is Kojima seen as a big deal in the industry? Kojima has a lot of iconic and well-received games to his name. Yeah. I mean, Metal Gear Solid is something a lot of people remember Kojima for, but Kojima made games before oh, yeah. Metal Gear Solid 1. Snatcher, I mean, Snatcher yeah. is a legendary game from Kojima. The problem is, is that the game it's hasn't been re-released on other platforms since it yep. saw its original release. So not a lot of people got a chance to play the game. Um, but Kojima, Kojima has earned his place in the industry. Police Knots is another one that was never yes. uh, localized, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, Kojima is a, he's a good game director. He's yeah. a good game designer. He comes up with very ingenious ideas. He delivers games that no one else would ever create. Now, his style is definitely not something that everyone is going to enjoy. But you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who would tell you that Metal Gear Solid 3 is not a masterpiece. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 1 is a phenomenal game, same as Metal Gear Solid 2. You could argue he lost sight of the plot with Metal Gear Solid 5. Well, I mean, based on what was going on with him and Konami at the time, it seems like Um, there was a lot of focus that was, was not unaccounted for. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, a lot of people do feel as though Metal Gear Solid Four was just, you know, <laughs> over the top. It was. It was totally but fan service, it. but yeah, it was, it was a great yeah. game. Great game. I loved it for that reason that it was so much fan service yeah. in it. But no, I. I think Kojima has think a lot about, of success. I think the thing about MGS Four for me was when Snake goes back to Shadow Moses. It's like, oh my god, I love this game. This game that was rocks. awesome. Yeah, that was an awesome scene. There are so many cool scenes in Metal Gear Solid 4. It's a shame it's trapped on PS3. But yeah, Kojima has a lot of success to his name beyond the Metal Gear series. He was he also helped uh was he, was he the director or the producer of Castlevania Lords of Shadow? I think the first one, I not think the he horrendous was the producer. Okay. He also produced Zone of the Enders 1. Yes, he did. Yes. And he was the game director of Boktai. Oh, yeah. The sun is in your hand. Yes. I forgot about that. That's those right. Games. That great game. The solar powered, literally solar powered vampire hunter game for the Game Boy Advance. So, yeah, he's, his name's well beyond just Metal Gear Solid. But as to why you should care, it's all. It's all dependent on whether or not you like his style of game. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like those any of those games, then you're probably not a Kojima <laughs> fan. And that's okay. We then had a $100 donation from Calvin Atkinson, one of the individuals whom this episode is dedicated to. And he writes, Hey, Nate and MVG, been making my predictions about the Game Awards and have been told by several people that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 will not be nominated for Game of the Year because the voters don't like nominating JRPGs. Do you think this is correct? And if so, why? Hmm. This is a good question. Uh, Look, I think there's an outside chance it might be in the the running. Hmm. Outside chance. But... You're right. I think there's probably a lot of outlets that haven't played through the game. So it's hard to really, really say like, but look, I think the game reviewed well and Mm -hmm. 
it's definitely a highlight of Nintendo's year this year. So there's probably a chance it may it may sneak into the conversation. Yeah, I think it I think it may it will be part of the conversation when outlets are putting together their nominations for the game awards. I think there's going to be a lot of debate whether or not it makes their, you know, top 5. Yeah. Because when you really look at the calendar year of what came out this year, the only two sure things I would argue are Elden Ring. Yes. And very likely God of War Ragnarok. Correct. Now, beyond those two. Yeah, you got to pick three more games. You'd have, yeah, you have to pick three more games. And I think that's where it will come in Xenoblade Chronicles 3's favor that this year wasn't super strong. Yeah. In terms of software releases, there's a lot of games came out this year, a lot of quality games. But I think Xenoblade Chronicles 3 may also have enough recency bias mm-hmm. that it would slide into that conversation in a more serious role. I don't think it will win, but I could see it be nominated for Game of the Year at the end of the year for the Game Awards. Yeah, I can as well. And that that's the reason why I, I, I put it in there too, because... Only two games for me, uh, a surefire, will absolutely be in there. The rest is, the other three are up in the air. And I do think Mm. Nintendo will have some representation in the game of the year conversation. And if you look at Splatoon 3, even though it is a fantastic game, I don't think it's really done enough to differentiate itself from Splatoon 2. Bayonetta 3, I mean, that's another game that, I keep hearing maybe in the conversation. We'll just have to see what that looks like when the game comes out and ultimately gets reviewed. Uh, if it reviews highly enough, potentially could be in there. But what we do know right now is Blade Chronicles 3 is a, it's a fantastic game. It reviewed well. And I think, I think it's an outside chance that it will sneak in this year, but we'll have to see. Then had a $3 donation from Barrand. It writes, hello, kind gentlemen. I would like to ask the following. I get the feeling that the whole situation around Bayonetta will affect the sales positively. Could you share your point of view in this one? Thank you in advance. Ooh. All right, Nate. Go um, ahead. I mean, it, it, the game has received a lot of free marketing over the last several days. So it's back in headlines. It's being discussed a lot. It also, I'll say the controversy also happened to drop very soon after previews had gone out. So if this is the first time you're hearing of the game, you're probably looking into it a little deeper on YouTube or just from written media. And you're also stumbling upon now these written previews from a few days prior. So maybe individuals who were not sure about the game or had not even heard of the game, have now had their interest peaked and are potentially placing pre-orders. But one thing I would advise caution against is you're going to see a lot of takes, a lot of articles, videos, Twitter takes, implying that the quote-unquote boycott led to individuals pre-ordering the game just to spite that request. And that's why you're seeing a surge in pre-orders on outlets like Amazon. Now, you could speculate that's why you're seeing the increase of interest in the game. But you could also counter that with previews also dropped around the same time. And the game is two weeks out from release. As for when the previews dropped, we're now just about a week out from release. So it should naturally be climbing the pre-order charts just due to release being right around the corner. Um. As to whether or not the situation around the game is going to lead to increased sales, I mean, it's hard to say. It's it's a niche series to begin with. So what are we really looking at in terms of positivity for growth of sales? Are we looking at instead of 1.25 million, we're now going to get 1.3 million? Right. It's, it's not going to be a substantial enough number where the game's going to outperform all expectations. We're not going to go from 1.5 million lifetime sales to all of a sudden 5 million because of the situation. You might sell a few, you know, maybe extra tens of thousands of additional copies, but it's not going to lead to any meaningful number that Nintendo is going to be taken aback and say, whoa, 
we didn't expect this at launch. It's still going to be within their expectation window. But on the flip side, you're also going to have individuals who may outright not support the game anymore or those who were going to buy the game in spite of the boycott. Now that additional information has come to light, they may now cancel their pre-orders because now they're not really being contrarian just to be contrarian. So if any positive impact is coming out of this in terms of sales, I think it's just that it's in the headlines again and it's now at the forefront of a lot of people's minds. And that's why you're seeing the surge of pre-orders. I don't think it's going to lead to any meaningful boost in overall sales when it comes to lifetime sold. Nate, I totally agree with you on that. I don't think it's really going to make any difference at all. One of the things that that even I have to remind myself of is Twitter is a very, very small percentage of the overall user base. I mean, just because a thousand people on Twitter uh, saying they're going to boycott the game or they're going to buy more copies. That's only a mm-hmm. thousand, thousand people, you know, in the grand right. scheme of things. It As a sample size, if you're on Twitter, that seems like pretty much everyone on your timeline. But overall, it's a small kind of drop in the bucket. I would argue that Helena's original videos received way more views than Jason Schreier's reporting. Mm-hmm. So maybe the uh, the receipts that were found to you know to show that Helena was was not uh, was was I'm not saying she was lying, but she left out important information based on what Jason had found in his report. I mean, you could argue that none of that really hit the radar of many people that read TMZ and these other outlets that she was calling for a boycott. But I guess overall, in the grand scheme of things, I don't really think it's going to make a difference either way. I think the people that had cancelled pre-orders and are truly boycotting the game is very small in terms of sample size. And I think the people that are buying copies to spite the boycott is very small as well. I think it's just people mm-hmm. on Twitter. It's probably less than 500 if if you would ask me. And most people have already made up their mind about Bayonetta 3, whether they're going to play it, whether they're going to buy it. I will tell you that uh, I want to play the game and I probably will buy it, but I'm waiting for a, a review to come out. And I think most people that are sitting on the fence should do that. Like, Take a look at the game when it comes out and judge it on your own on its own, on its own merits versus what what's going on on Twitter. You know what what war is raging on Twitter that particular day. But I think it, you know, I don't think overall it makes any difference whatsoever. I think it's minuscule. Yeah, that's the thing. If it sells an additional fifty thousand copies because of this, yeah, great. That's a that's a raindrop in the ocean. Yep. Compared to everything like, yeah, it's it's a boost, but it's negligible. And you also have to keep in mind, you will have individuals on social media who are saying I'm boycotting the game and in private, they still bought the game. They played it. You just don't know about it. Of course. Yeah. There's a lot of that as well, where individuals will claim that they're doing something and they're not. You just don't see it happening. But yeah, it's definitely going to be a talking point from now until we get the NPD in, I'll go as far as December when they report the November's NPD to say, look, the game's on the chart. It must be because of that. And that's, it's going to be data that nobody could verify as accurate right. as to whether or not it's because of the situation that led to strong sales or if it was just yeah. the appeal of the game by itself. Because the week out from launch, it's, it's just getting exactly. that hype. And that's the thing. Marketing has just started to ramp up, so you should be seeing this. If the game went in the opposite direction, then you could say, yes, the situation has negatively impacted the game. But you can't alone prove that it has affected the sales positively based on really no concrete data to suggest Yeah, that is the case. I mean, I think the only real thing here is that boycotts never work. Like you said, at least not in gaming. Publicly, someone will say they're boycotting them. They may probably just play it anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, people don't be, like being told what to do. 
You know, I don't like being told what to do. Don't tell me to boycott the game. If I want to play the game, I'm going to play the game. You know, that's, I think most people are adults and that's how they see the world. But yeah, I mean, we've seen this happen before with Pokemon, Sword and Shield. I don't really, I didn't remember why there was a boycott over that game, but it was something, something silly. It was the Pokedex. People didn't like that. It didn't have the complete Pokedex. Yeah. Uh, this one obviously is uh, a lot more serious as far as voice actors and the wages that they uh, are being paid. But ultimately, you know, boycotting a game uh, is is something that rarely works in my in my experience. Yeah, it never. And that's the thing, like a lot of people come back with the whole notion of the boycott doesn't work. It leads to stronger sales. That's mostly just light ribbing. There is no data to suggest that a boycott led to strong sales or stronger sales than it would have had. It's just people having fun at the expense of others. Yep. So whenever whenever you hear someone say, oh, the boycott led to Pokemon becoming the best selling Pokemon game. It's it's not a serious comment. Yeah. It's satire. Absolutely. And that's lost on the internet very often. So keep that in mind. And that is the last Streamlabs question for this week. If you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount, ask a question, we will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more and we will dedicate the episode to you. And today's episode is dedicated to Calvin Atkinson and Shamsa. Thank you for your continued support and generosity. And I'd like to thank MVG for joining me as always. Always a pleasure, Nate, even when I have to take an L. (laughs) It happens occasionally. But let us know your thoughts on the Silent Hill transmission event in the comment section below. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.